like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, guys? Episode 27 of the White Cat Outdoors podcast. We had a packed house last week for uh, the Father's Day episode. We had five people on mic. It was pretty wild. Yeah, five. Yeah, but we, we thinned her down tonight. It's just me and Nick in the house Trimming tonight. the fat around here. Yeah, a lot. So you guys get the pleasure of hearing me and Nick talk all night. It's going to be a good one, boys and girls. Is ever listening? And girls, yeah. Um, so I want to start off by talking uh, to you. Ooh, because Because nobody else is here? Was, yeah. <laughs> Not going to talk Direct, to anybody else. Directly at you. Kind of have to. Um, no, but... Everybody knows that you don't like to tell anybody anything until we're on the mic. So and you're doing it to me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, perfect. But it's about things that we don't really talk about. You know, we, you did tell me that you got your ambush set up from Lone Wolf. Yes. Um, but I I want to talk about that, how you plan on setting that up, and like what you're doing for a saddle. Because okay. I might want to try it, because I don't know. I might want to give it a rip. So I just want to know what you're looking at, reading about what kind of saddle you're rolling with. All right. Um, so as Frank said, yeah, I uh, went with Lone Wolf Custom Gear and got a, the Ambush, the Kunert's Ambush platform. Um, it's a, quite a bit bigger uh, than your traditional saddle platform. Um, and I know, you know, before I bought this one, I was kind of doing some research on other saddle platforms and some DIYs ones, and people had used, you know, like old uh, seats off their tree stands for platforms and you know nothing was really jiving with me quite enough to where i wanted to pull the trigger on it i've never Um, really looked at any other platform like saddle platforms from other manufacturers so pretty much the only thing i know of is lone wolf but i do know that it's a lot bigger than most of them like you said most people it's like a tree stand seat basically like a lock-on stand seat yeah it's just the seat i mean it's basically enough for like the front half of your feet to be on um so I, because I am not an experienced saddle hunter and I haven't, you know, like totally surrendered to it, um, wanted a bigger platform just to kind of, I felt like more comfortable on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into why I agree that this is such a better platform than anything else out there. Um, so anyway, so I went with that one and then I had to come up with a saddle. Um, and there's a few commercial saddles out there right now, and but they are like, wahoo bucks for whatever reason saddles are extremely expensive which you know everything in the hunting industry seems like the prices just keep going up which is especially for things like like new things like that that are like a niche thing that people are really starting yeah i mean saddle hunting's been around for a long time but it's 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 just blowing up yeah it's blowing up big time yeah and i'll i mean i'll admit i'm jumping on that and i'm I'm curious to you know how effective it is so i figured i'd do a setup um, and it's fun to do different stuff. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, there's, I mean, there's been several trees where I'm like, oh, you know, that's a really nice spot. I don't know if I get a lock on in that though. So that yeah. was, you know, apple trees are a big one for mm-hmm. that. I mean, there's, there's just so many branches coming off of it. Sometimes something yeah. like that, or even some of those pine trees, there's a lot of gnarly branches coming off. Yeah, of Yeah. You don't have room to put a lock on stand without yeah. cutting half your cover. Out. Yeah. And if you're doing like a mobile setup on public land where you can't cut anything away, yeah. sometimes all you have is enough room to put maybe just a little platform for your feet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was more or less why I decided I wanted to get into having the saddle in my arsenal, not necessarily totally switching to the saddle. Yeah. Um, but so for this actual saddle for me, 
Um, I had looked at a few different um, brands and nothing was really like jumped out at me that was like revolutionary, if I'm being mm-hmm. perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, so I ended up just buying a rock climbing harness, like, you know, just your standard harness that people use for rock climbing with um, D-rings on the sides for Lyman belts and that kind of thing. Uh, I spent less than $40 on it. Um, and then I just... Does that hook like in your... Like right by your waist, like at so, your, like your belt buckle, would that be about where it hooks, or is it up higher? Uh, basically, if you when you put the whole harness on, it's got leg straps mm-hmm. and like a belt that goes around that's all connected. Um, and there is a hook or a ring in the center, like Does right it around. Have like shoulder straps? No, nothing on your shoulders. So it's just, just around just, your waist. Yeah, just around your waist. Um, which is essentially how most tree saddles are. Yeah. So that was kind of what I was like. Well, man, this doesn't look a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of. St- saddles it's literally just a saddle it doesn't like hook to you at all it's just like oh it's like a seat in a almost not really a seat it's like well like a like, swing like, like a, a towel a small hammock yeah <laughs> very small hammock, very, miniature hammock <laughs> yeah butt, basically. a butt-sized hammock um yeah no it wasn't like that see this is like you strap yourself into it um and i, I felt very safe with it mm. um but there is a hookup in the center but i did something a little different with mine that i really haven't seen um on anybody else's uh, saddles or anything. Uh, what I did was I used um, the advantage of the hooks on the side for the line, or not hooks, because they're closed, um, like D- D-rings, basically. Yeah. Um, solid ring, steel, or I think they're aluminum rings. I can't remember exactly. Um, but anyway, they're, they, yeah, they're safe to hang from. Yeah. But um, what I did is I ran a rope, or, or actually I used um, uh, webbing. So I used webbing that goes across my belt, and then I used a welded two-inch uh, steel ring that's on that. And then that has a rope that hooks to the tree. Mm-hmm. So I'm tethered to the tree off of that uh, steel ring that's hooked to a strap. Now, what that does, for me, the biggest problem I always had with saddles was having that strap hooked to your like navel area yeah. that went straight to the tree that was always in the way. Um, now, what this ring does is when you go to swivel around the loop moves slides from your hips. Yes. So say, you know, you're, say you're shooting to the left of the tree. When you go to swivel to that side of the tree, the loop moves all the way to the right side of your belt. And now your strap is coming off of out of your hip instead of your hip. Yeah. yeah. Like over it, like rate it, like where your hip bends. So now Mm -hmm. it's actually out of the way for where you're shooting and the same thing to your left. Um, and I mean, it takes a little bit of core strength and I'm, no fitness phenomenon so if i can do, me? if i can do it i'm sure most people can like it's nothing crazy and i'm sure if you're um, hunting in a saddle anyway you're in you know, decent, decent shape. shape yeah you can climb trees and do your thing yeah um exactly yeah if you're not buying like big blinds you're probably <laughs> like this isn't for you but um yeah i mean your average person can do this i, yeah. I feel confident saying that um, but anyway, so I really like that. I've felt really good with that. Um, I haven't actually brought my bow up with me yet, but just, I mean, yeah, holding my arms the, in the position, um, it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sat in the saddle for upwards of like 45 minutes and felt totally comfortable. I didn't notice any pinch points. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I am doing is sagging the belt almost to my butt. Um, so it's mm-hmm. not quite up around my back yeah. like you would for like rock climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is almost creates that little hammock like you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking like north of $200 for a hunting tree saddle yeah. versus the $40 rock climbing <laughs> harness, um, 
it's like I said, it's super comfortable and it's so far, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, and one thing I really like about this platform, uh, the ambush is that, uh, you can actually, it's big enough to where you can actually stand up and spin around and just stand with your back to the tree and my feet are totally on the platform. Now there's not a whole lot of opportunity for shots that way, but if you're planning maybe like to sit for an extended period of time, you could use that to you know, relieve some pressure for a little bit and just kind of stand. Sit in a new position, um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's like a little um, footrest on the platform that's already um, water jet cut into it, so you can take um, some of the weight off your feet mm-hmm. interchangeably. Um, and I worked all the way around the tree off that platform, and it, it stayed to the tree. There's two straps, so it, it really locks it in. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's going to be nice to try that out this season. Like I said, it's not going to be – I'm not totally switching – Mm-hmm. to a saddle um but be it's something new to try yeah it's gonna though. be something new to try and i think useful um yeah just i mean you never know what you're gonna get into yeah so totally yeah i might have to cop it from you for a hundred two just to I'm sure give it a roll <laughs> i might i just might the only negative thing i have to say about the 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 platform is about two weeks after i purchased this lone wolf switched the finish on their tree stands. So now you're going to have different color sticks. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That And it's it's going to bother me a lot. I can tell you that right now. It already does. Um, I haven't even got them yet. So, already, man. yeah, the old style has the silent touch technology, which is like that rubberized yeah. uh, coating, which I love it on the bow. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal on the bow. Wasn't a huge fan of it on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, like I said, it wasn't for me. Uh, I still had to silence the stand with ta- um, with the uh, Slayer tape. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it kind of defeated the purpose yeah. of it. Um, I do like the feel of it. Like if like it's on um, the the stand and everything. So when you're grabbing a hold of it, it does feel nice. But I mean, I'm not holding on to it for very long. I'm mostly standing on it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so they've gotten rid of silent touch technology on their stands and they're now using ha- hammered titanium is the color. Uh, but it's basically... Um, Andre had said that it's a like an in-house process that they've developed. Mm-hmm. Um, but for somebody that like just from what I can pick up from it, it's almost like an anodized coating. It like it's like a dye yeah. that's on the aluminum, so it's not really a paint. So it's not going to chip off mm-hmm. or scratch. Like it literally dyes the material a different color. Yeah, um, which I'm really excited to see that on the sticks and other stands. Yeah, just not Spoiler about alert. not excited about <laughs> yeah. it being a different color. Yeah, than the different. Yeah, di- different from the platform. So. Who knows? Maybe I'll see if somebody wants to trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's my saddle setup this year. Um, they said not solely saddle hunting, but I'm gonna yeah. give it a shot. Give it a rip. Right yeah. on. Well, I, that's that's not at all what we were planning on talking yeah, that's, about. This that episode. is a totally off topic. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up because you don't tell me things, and I want I might want to try it, so I want to know what you're doing. Yeah, and actually, lucky for you, the harness I bought is fully adjustable, so. My harness would fit you as well, so, so I don't even have to buy. Harness. You don't even have to buy anything because if I'm not in the saddle, like if I'm not in that platform, I'm not going to be using it. So yeah, um, I can just let you use the whole rig. I'll, I'll be done with it probably first day archery anyway. Probably not. Um, you know that's how I do it a lot of times. You time. can't even spell first day. F I R S T. Okay, you don't have to spell D A Y. Space. Dumb. Space. Yeah, you forgot space. So Frank, now that we've wasted twelve minutes of everybody's time, yeah, um, what it, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Wasn't a waste of my time. I I, I learned a lot. <laughs> we've lost a few, <laughs> but uh, it's you know we talked about 
Rattlesnake hunting, what, three weeks ago? Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, something, probably something that around there. Yeah. 23, 24, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we talked, you know, about getting into snake hunting, you know, what you need, your equipment and whatnot. And now we are, we're way into snake season. You know, we've had a few weekends going. So uh, I'm going to pass it over to Nick because Nick caught real nice snake last weekend. That he did. That yeah. I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it sound like we got more people in here. Yeah. Uh, it's real crowded tonight. Yeah, it is. It's full house. Um, so like Frank said, uh, got a big one last weekend. Um, so we're, we went to our, one of our secret locations a place that's near and dear to Frank and I's heart. Very near and um, dear. It's where this whole addiction with rattlesnakes started. Uh, and that's all the information you're going to get. Yeah. Besides the fact that it's in Pennsylvania. Uh, you can do your research on where to go. But uh, we're on top of said mountain and doing our little walk. And uh, right around where Frank had caught his first snake. Yeah, it was uh, almost in the exact same spot. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously... I was on high alert because I know that there had been snakes there in the past. Very but, snaky um, area. It is. And I'm looking ahead about 15 yards or so. And this is actually one of the first snakes I've located before I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the farthest you I've ever... before I located it for yeah, you? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> However you want to word that. Something like that. <laughs> uh, typically, I mean, even 15 yards, like that's... I typically don't see them out that far but because... They blend in yeah, really well. Crazy what God's done for camouflage for I know. Snakes. It's crazy. Uh, they fit right in. But anyway... I saw about, I'd say maybe five inches of tail and then the rattle. That's all I saw. And, you know, being the William snake spear that I am, I had just made the assumption that it was not a big snake. Yeah, he hollered out, got a snake over here. Definitely not big. Yeah, not big at all. Uh, so I go slowly make my approach, um, grab a hold of it. And I had grabbed somewhere midsection and there was a lot of snake hanging off both sides yeah, of the tongue. As soon as he picked it up, I was like, buddy, that's a legal snake right <laughs> as soon there. As, it, nice as soon one. as it came out of the rocks, I was like, okay, I I have spoken too soon. This <laughs> they is, have underestimated the size yeah, like, just a schmick. This is easily a legal snake. I could tell right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so got him off the rock and moved, you know, down about ten feet to the grass so it was a safe area where I could handle him. Um and I and I say him because I, one, we checked to see, and two, typically the males have a much bigger head, and they're a lot meatier, um, which we, we've noticed over the dozens of snakes we've handled. So I was pretty confident that it was a male. Um, but anyway, so we get down into the grass where it's more comfortable to work with them, and Frank um, had the assist with the tube. Sure did. Um, did actually really well for first snake of the year. Um, had you a few. think I forgot? Yeah, yeah. Never know. But uh, I said it went pretty smooth. Nobody got bit. Um, so we got him in the tube, got my hands on him, uh, pulled out the tape, and just did a rough measurement because at this point I had decided that I wasn't going to keep this snake, um, which at that time, once I realized I wasn't going to keep him, I also wanted to keep our handling to a, a minimum. A minimum, yeah. Um, Less stress on the snake. Yeah, so basically the reason I didn't keep him, one, last year my snake was 48 and a half inches, and it was a black phase. Uh, excuse me. Uh, this year, it was another black phase. A quick measurement put him out to 45 inches, which I'm confident we could have stretched that a few more inches, but yeah. 45 is what we measured, so that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. Um, but the main reason I didn't keep this one is it had five rattles and was 45 inches. So it was smaller. It was in the middle of shedding, too. Yeah, it was in the middle of shedding. Um, so it was, there was just, there was three strikes on it. It was three about strikes to strikes sh- and you're out. Yeah. That's what I say. Almost shed. 
not very many rattles, and it was smaller than last year's snake. And it was a black phase, and I was after a yellow. So four strikes. Had nothing going for it. Yeah. It was a full count, and it swung and missed. Uh, but anyway, so like I said, we handled it a little bit, took a picture, um, and put them back at the rock. I found them. And nice healthy release. Yeah. It's just like musky fishing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's, I mean, when handled properly, the snakes are totally calm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, within 45 seconds, they stop rattling. They let you hold them. Yeah. Not a big deal. Obviously, head still tubed. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, you don't uh, want to start playing around with them outside the tube. Yeah, the one thing I guess I do want to um, emphasize, especially for this episode, is like proper handling of the snakes. Yeah. Um, first off, I highly recommend don't use your hands. Like to catch them like use tongs they make reptile or reptile tongs for a reason um there's two different styles there's like more of like what you think of when you think of tongs like thin mm-hmm. uh smooth edges and that's kind of how mine that's are. how all of ours are and yeah. then they also make more like spoon shaped ones yeah i like um, those better and i kind of because last year i noticed that my tongs kind of scuffed up some scales on some when, snakes yeah if they were if they're close to shedding sometimes yeah it would so, scuff them a bit even uh one that we found that was fresh yet like it had already shed it scuffed up a couple of the scales on its oh, back okay. so what i did with my set of tongs is i just put like some cotton out of like a pillow on on them uh-huh. and then i put electrical tape around it just to soften it up and make that edge a little bit wider now did you notice um any difference because i know you handled my snake a little bit um, I mean, it was tough to tell with yours since it its skin almost, was already flaking yeah because okay, it was in the middle fair. of shedding so i couldn't really tell i i mean i feel like it's gonna help a lot just because it's a lot softer in a wider area that it's touching that's why i want to find the ones that have the spoons cause yeah what's what morgan last year she had ones with spoons um and i didn't notice like it wasn't any harder to catch the snake or anything Mm um but anyway so i guess back to what i'm talking about like proper handling one don't squeeze the shit out of the snake you know like just Mm -hmm. enough to hold them um get them off the rocks so you're in a steady area it's safe to hold them um yeah and and while you're holding them don't like hold them up in the air yeah keep them on the ground yeah you know if you want to hold them up quick for a picture but like, for the most part, keep When you're holding them up for a picture, you know, you're probably doing it with your hands. Yeah, exactly. Um, support them. You know, it's one big neck muscle, essentially, on a yeah. snake. You know, there's... I don't know exactly where the knee is. Uh, <laughs> Just That's a, a water boy joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got they don't, it. They don't sponsor us, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, use the tongs. Um, once you tube them, do that gently. The snake eventually will accept the tube um, if you're patient. Um, sometimes certain snakes don't like it right away. Um, don't, you know, death grip the snake. I mean, just hold it gently as if, I mean, it's a, it's an animal treat it with respect. Um, put it back. And they don't really like try to get away. No, When when you have a hold of them, they're kind of content just sitting there. It's not like a fish that's flopping around. Like once you get a hold of it, they're just like, okay, here I am. Like they don't You got me. (laughs) Um, and then the biggest thing, like if you're, when you're done, like if you're not going to keep it, put it back where you got it. Like don't yeah. carry it for a hundred yards and set it somewhere else. Like they were there for a reason. Sometimes the snake, if it's a male, they could be out mating um, yeah. and they're like on a certain path. Yeah. They're um, close to a den or something. Yeah. If they're, especially dens, um, be very cautious around dens. One, don't destroy dens. Yeah. Um, and just be cautious because dens typically have a lot of snakes in them. Like <laughs> last year we found one with nine plus. Yeah. So just be careful. Um, and just respect the animal as you would with any animal you're hunting. Um, but yeah, that's basically the proper handling. That was actually our only snake for the trip. Yeah. 
My dad and I went on a real long walk the next yeah, day. Yeah, why don't you tell me about that? Because I didn't even get to talk to you much about it. Yeah, you got some false information. You were told that we Yeah, were... I was... Yeah, news was telling me that uh, we had legal snakes on the grill. Yeah, <laughs> they were already eaten. But no, we... There was that mountain that we looked at last year across the river. And dad and I got up there and it was... From where we parked, it was actually a super easy walk. Like when we... We're looking at it last year. We kind of thought it was going to be a shitty walk, like straight up the mountain. But like our walk we had earlier yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, it was that's like three miles of incline. <laughs> yeah, that sucked. <laughs> at but, like one o'clock. Yeah, but no, uh, we got there at like eight o'clock where we parked, and right where we parked, it was like at the top of the mountain, and the mountain's just like a long ridge. So you park at the top, and the whole way you're just like walking the top spine of the mountain. So you it. Oh, so you guys were able to get, like, drive up there this time? No, not what you're thinking, how the road goes all the way through. Not We didn't drive up there. We went around the other side of the mountain, and, like, from that one park that we were at, yeah. we went to the other side of the mountain, and where the parking area is on that side is still, like, four miles from where you want to hunt, like, on the... But at least it's at the top. Yeah, you're not, like you're not doing the elevation change so it's four miles of flat walking so it was oh that's easy yeah it was like nothing um but we saw a lot of snaky areas but what no time snakes. were you walking through there like do you think it was the right time where we were hunting or where we were walking you were, to like get? you said you were in snaky areas and you were surprised that you didn't find snakes where we were there you know we started looking at about 10 30 but i think the problem was one thing that we've kind of noticed is that the snakes don't really start moving around until the dew lifts, you know, like say 1030, you know, for a rough estimate, you know, but it, like we noticed this past weekend, you know, we didn't find any snakes in what looked like really good area, but it never, the dew never lifted. It was, fo- it, was, it, it was, it, the fog held really long since we I were I remember up you sent me some pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it never got hot. The sun never came out. So they it was didn't kinda, even care to come out and bask anyway. Yeah, it was a cloudy day, and it never. It was like seventy-two degrees. It never got really warm. The sun wasn't baking, so I just think it wasn't a right the right day for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good spot on the right day, but that was not the day for it. Gotcha. So definitely worth another visit, I'd say. Especially, I'd like yeah, to see it up sure. there. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth going back to because there's several spots up there that you can. It's not like you just hit one spot and it's like, okay, let's. Is there any the, power lines up there? Yeah, there's two. Oof. Yeah, I like it. And the We've ones had a actually. Lot of luck on power lines. Yeah, the one's only like a mile from the truck, and another one's three miles past that. That's not too bad. Yeah, so it, it's a good spot. That's one thing, I guess, if you are in or interested in getting into snake hunting, be prepared to walk. Yeah. There's a lot of miles you're going to put on, but it's like it's at a slow pace. It's very methodical looking. You don't realize how far you've walked until you decide to turn around. Yeah. And you have to do the exact same amount to get back. <laughs> yeah. No, and it, Or take a you... shortcut from the Alaskan guide that takes you yeah, on exactly. a wild goose chase for no snakes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you really don't notice how far you're walking because you're, you know, looking on, you know, all around the rocks and stuff and it's super easy to lose track of time and how far you're walking. So, yeah. We're back. I said to take my sweatshirt off real quick. Getting a little hot in here. Yeah. I started thinking about snakes and... Get all hot and bothered. getting all hot, yeah. Actually, that is the new XOP sweatshirt. Oh, yeah. It looks yeah. nice. It's, it's real nice. It looks nice it? on you. And it's warm. Yeah. 
I can uh, tell. Getting a little sweaty over here. It's only the middle of summer. I don't know why you're wearing well, a hoodie. I, uh, well, took the Jimmy here, uh, which most people don't know about the Jimmy, but Jimmy no has doors. no doors. So even if when it's warm outside, it gets a little chilly, and especially when the sun goes down. Yeah. Um, so got to prepare, but didn't need it now. Yeah. Definitely don't need it in the house. For sure. Um, another thing while we're talking about snakes and, you know, proper handling and all of that kind of stuff, um, I do want to remind people that timber rattlesnakes are protected in uh, Pennsylvania. They're not endangered or in danger of being in extinct, but they're protected, um, which means that there's a lot of uh, they put a lot of time and money and effort into preserving the population and, and their habitat in their habitat. And, uh, the, one of the reasons that they've opened snake hunting, um, in Pennsylvania is to help get a better accurate, uh, record on the amount of snakes we have in PA. Yeah. So, Cause every snake you even see, not like whether you pick it up or not, you have to fill out a report on every single snake yeah that you where see. it was where it was caught i mean if you handle it they want to know male female the size yeah um what phase uh the county yeah, and if you, you don't fill out in, you know that report card for the season you can you can get they a lot risk, of trouble yeah. yeah they risk that you don't uh you don't get another license so like yeah. the, you're only allowed to keep one snake a year um so like i said a, there's a big emphasis on like the snake hunting is more or less trying to figure out you know, where are like the densest areas for snakes? And it's a lot of research that goes into it. You know, they, they yeah. do the rattlesnake roundup where they bring guys from the game commission out and, you know, they just do it. There's just a lot of research involved. And mm-hmm. one guy we met on our last trip, um, we were actually hunting up on like some oil pads, which have become a really, it's a hot spot for us. We found, mm-hmm. um, which that kind of a little bit gives a location, but not, not really. There's, there's a lot oil of oil pads, pads everywhere. Um, so wherever you decide to hunt, if you find some oil pads, it's probably a decent place to start. Um, but anyway, so we found out when these oil rigs are coming up and they're, the welders and everything they're putting in these new pipelines, um, the game commission and the state actually requires um, a biologist to be on site that like specializes in rattlesnakes and snake habitat. Um, and what they do is basically before the pipeline gets laid down, um, they go out and do surveys. They try and find dens and traveling corridors for the snakes and they, what they do is reroute the pipeline to go around them because they don't want to destroy these dens, mm-hmm. um, which is a really actually a cool thing. To yeah, know. we learned a lot from that guy that we ran into. Yeah, I, honestly, on, I can't remember his name, but your dad has his card. I was going to say, I know someone's um, got his card. But uh, it was just, it was nice to hear that like these oil pads aren't affecting the snake population because they're what they're doing is they're, the snakes actually come first. They basically yeah. like before any construction happens, they go through, they map these out. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're yeah, on they will su- change the route to get yeah, they, around snake. Areas. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and they also, they're on site every day that they're working. Like it's not like something they come in once a month. They're there all day, every day when they're working. Um, and it helps prevent accidents from like uh, snakes being killed accidentally with equipment yeah, run over by yeah because i mean like i said they're they're protected they really don't want them just being meaningless meaninglessly if that's even a word um killed because yeah. like i said they everybody that gets a license can keep one per year but you can eat them or preserve them however you choose or keep them as a pet if you so wish yeah. um so it was like i said it was really cool to talk to that guy we learned a lot from him um they actually now have signs up and down the roadways you know, watch out for snakes as if they were like deer crossing signs, which I yeah. thought was really neat. Yeah, we didn't see those last year, but I mean, they 
where we're, we hunt last year wasn't under construction last year. They're yeah, doing year a, lot it's a lot of new construction, and adding roads and stuff in. So they had the signs up all over the place. Which I wonder if that has anything to do with the lack of snakes we saw this year is because they were actively working. Yeah, I feel um, like all the commotion would have... There's a lot of vibration going around like mm-hmm. with a lot of the equipment. There's a lot of noises. Yeah. Last year when we hunted out there, there was nobody up there. Yeah, we didn't um, run into And there anybody. was snakes all over the place. Yeah. Um, and, I, and like I said, I don't think the population's down. It's just I think that yeah. the snakes are less apt to just be out yeah. when there's a ton of people around yeah especially because you know we're hunting around the pads and stuff you know that's where the all these people are working where they're driving all their equipment you know if it's a high traffic area the snakes aren't going to be as readily available yeah exactly and well and that guy said they reroute these oil pads to be away from the dens so if you're walking the roads you're guaranteeing that you're not coming by a den yeah which is actually like i didn't even realize that until he had said it when we're out on like the power lines, we ran into several dens. Yeah. But like when we do like the oil pad hunts, we never find dens. Yeah. And it's like, well, now now that I know that they reroute these paths, it's like <laughs> you're never now. you're never gonna find a den if you don't jump into the woods off yeah. the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you know a den gets established after the path, but of course, like you know all the new construction, there's definitely not gonna be anything around there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, snakes can. They don't have to get permits, believe it or not. They can den up wherever they want. They don't need uh, a biologist when they're making yeah, their house. There's uh, no codes that they have to follow, which is, I think, ridiculous. Right. Um, doesn't matter how big the den is. There's no taxes or nothing. Um, they're kind of just mooching off the system. They really me. are. They really, <laughs> really are. But um, that's really like, that was basically it from that guy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in, definitely interesting to talk to. I, I love when we run into people like that. Like we ran into some people last year. And I think they work for the game commission. The guys, yeah, those we ran guys were game commission. Yeah, it's definitely cool to sit down and talk with them about what they see and you know what they do. Especially that guy being a biologist and how because he interacts with snakes, you know, all day, every day. That is, well, yeah, he's, he's got special permits that he's allowed to handle them year round. Well, yeah. not well, not necessarily handle them. Um, Look for them. He can, yeah, like it doesn't matter what time of year. He can round. get. He can collect data. Um, is it data or data? Oh, geez. That's you tough. Know, I knew as soon as I said data and it's, you said data. It's all going to get bad. It's bad, bad, bad. So why don't you guys let us know in the comments if it's data or data. If you uh, if you think it's data, just put data. If you think it's data, just put data. and Then we'll know. We'll know if it's data or Settle data. Settle that argument yeah. right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. I can tell just by the way you type it if it's data or data. Yeah. You ever notice? Have you ever, this is way off topic. But have you ever seen those posts that say like, "Do you say data or data?" And you actually pronounce them differently. Like it's <laughs> spelled it. Seen I've seen them. Like it basically it says data and data or data and data. But when it says or in between them, you pronounce them differently. Even though it's just you, it's a weird. You pronounce it one way, but when you read it twice in a row, you gotta go both ways. Yeah, because it says or, and you know subconsciously that there's another way. There is another way. It's like Raymond and Raman. We all no, know it's no, Raymond. It, we all know it's Raymond. Yeah, of course. We could go, there's a whole long list, uh, but we were not going to cover that. Um, I guess uh, before we like say goodbye or anything, I do want to talk about, um, you know, plans for more snake hunting. Uh, if we've, I don't know, you do, you do most of our research on areas to go. What do you mean um, most? All. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a better word. <laughs> Besides like us, me putting us in the Speaking gym. of that. 
I, I literally almost lost my mind because I had so many waypoints on Onyx. Oh, this is a, yeah, good. Let's talk so about So many waypoints. One, I mark every snake that we caught. You know, I put a description. Helps for record keeping. Yeah, yeah, I put a description on the waypoint, you know, saying we caught this snake. It was this big, Speaking male, of, female. I think if Onyx is listening, they should create a waypoint with a little rattlesnake. I agree. Um, they have one for moral mushrooms now. Like, well, get the rattlesnake. Yeah, come on. How there. hard can it be to add just a little rattlesnake for, yeah. especially for Pennsylvania? It's yeah. all in all, yeah. there's, there's rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes everywhere. Um, so Onyx, if you're listening, Mr. Steve Onyx, Steve Onyx, <laughs> if you are listening, go ahead and hook us up with a uh, waypoint marker of a rattlesnake. Yeah. That'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah. And had that been an option, maybe it wouldn't have got deleted. Yeah. Me we and wouldn't my, have this problem. Yeah. Me and dad share our Onyx account. Oh, and, so you have like one. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And multi device. Yeah, and he didn't realize that I put all these snake waypoints down. And and let me tell you, there was a lot. A a lot. There was one for every snake we caught, you know, with for the description for Which record keeping. And then I just marked, you know, like parking spots where we went and a bunch of spots that we had never been to, but I, they looked good on the map. I was like, we should check these spots out. I had them everywhere. So many of them. And one day, Dad goes on there, and he's like, what are all these waypoints? I'm going to delete every single one of them. I was like, so I went on there, you know, we're going down, you know, for our first snake hunt of the year. I'm like, where are all of my waypoints? I thought, like, because there's a way you can hide your waypoints, so when you're looking at the map, you don't have pings all over the place. So I'm, like, going through the settings. I'm like, okay, it's, it's... they're not hidden. Like, my waypoints should be there. Like, what's going on right now? And I'm sitting there, like, getting frustrated in the truck. And my dad's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I cannot figure out where all these waypoints went. Thinking, like, Onyx is junk or something. And, <laughs> and he goes, oh, that might have been me. I was like, what do you might mean? Might have. There's only one yeah. way this could go. Either you did or you didn't. Yeah, I was like, what do you mean it might have been you? He's like, well, I was deleting a bunch of stuff. I was like, why were you, why were you doing that? He's like, well, I, I didn't put I didn't put them there, so I figured they just typical sho- dad. Yeah, they just showed up. It was the government. Father's Day's over. We can trash talk now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was like, yeah, the government's taken over my phone, so I got to delete everything on it. So I, we lost all the waypoints. So now I got to do all that research again. And there was a lot of hours in staring at maps. Yeah, there definitely was. Did he delete like all of our Ohio points too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sure Good did. Good thing I have those ones. Yeah. I have Ohio's yeah. only, so we can... He didn't delete my New York waypoints, and he didn't delete my Nebraska waypoints. Huh. But anything in Pennsylvania, he's like, that's junk. Yeah, the we... stuff that I most likely will use a lot. You think he would have put two and the two together and be like, wow, this is like right where we snake hunt. Maybe that's what these waypoints are. See, had we had a snake yeah. waypoint, we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah, so going to have to write a letter. Yeah, strongly worded. Very strongly worded. We're talking and a lot every, about data and data. Every S, there's going to be like three S's. <laughs> it's going to be wild. That would be hilarious. I think they'd really go for it. Yeah. I, I would say get on it. Get on, yeah. Get Onyx. Get Onyx. <laughs> get it? It's an X, but it sounds like an S. Yeah, it sounds like an S. Yeah. Well, like you said, with only two guys in the studio... Yeah, we uh, didn't really have a ton of t- a ton to cover today. We just want to kind of talk about some good snake handling yeah, habits so and just, what we learned from the biologist that we ran into. Yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that and get him on here. Um, 
we're actually in the works of getting, uh, remember you guys are buddy Hunter Klobuchar. We've talked a few times about uh, the Outdoors Greatest podcast, his newest um, adventure. Uh, we're trying to get him on soon, so I want you guys to look out for that because that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll um, be a good episode. You guys have proven that uh, he's one of your favorite episodes that you had on here. He's, you know... One of the top listened to. Top five, and that was episode four, way yeah. back. Way back. Um, me and Frank were actually just talking about this before we hit record, how crazy it is. You know, this is 26 weeks mm-hmm. solid. I mean, this is episode 27, 26 weeks of consecutive podcasts being dropped every Sunday. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty proud of that myself. Um, there's a lot that goes into making sure that that happens. Yeah, it definitely um, is. There's a lot that goes into doing it every single week. I mean, I, I've had several people approach me since we've started about, oh, yeah, you know, I've wanted to do a podcast or and, you know, I offer my help or a lot of guys, say, oh, I'm starting this podcast. Um, and it's just people don't realize how hard it is to stay consistent and yeah. make sure that something gets out every week. Like that was one thing I said, if we're going to do this, like I am telling you, we, we're not going to miss a week. Yeah. Um, and right now we have yet to pre-record anything. Like we you, tried a couple of tried, times at the it, beginning, but you kept accidentally deleting stuff. Yeah, I, and it was God's sign that people want live <laughs> feeds. Yeah. Um, so when you guys hear this, it was recorded a couple you know, days before. It was recorded that week. Like we, there's not, we don't have anything in the bank. Like every single week, we're getting together. Um, we're trying to set up guests as best we can, um, but COVID's made that difficult to do in house. Very difficult. Um, we've done a few video, or I mean, phone calls, which I think are going pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen Zimmers has been really hot lately, um, mm-hmm. especially this time of year. Yeah, um, with all the food plot stuff. That's speaking what Tommy's of, doing yeah, I was, today. I was just going to say, speaking of food plot stuff, before we wrap it up, the reason Tom was not at work today at, at the, in studio, he gets a pass because he's out doing work. Um, yeah. He's out preparing food plots right now. So we got a whole smorgasbord for the Whitetails this year. Oh, yeah. Um, going to get crazy. Crazy. Everybody already knows what's in those if you listen yeah. in. But uh, just wanted to give Tom credit that he's not just he's not just out. slacking off. Uh, he's he's out working hard. Uh, and Luke, he's not he's not an every week kind of guy, but uh, he's out working third shift right now, so he can't join us either. Yeah, um, that sucks a lot. So I would hate that. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we're gonna wrap this one up a little early. Uh, the sun's still out. Um, I know your dad actually was leaving for camera, so I think I'm gonna go check some cameras and uh, get outside. Mm-hmm.